God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. You're, you're, you this morning, you're, you're not just a vast mass of particles lost in a group of people today. Before God ever formed you, before He ever created you, He had an intimate relationship with you. He loves you, and there's purpose. Despite what your circumstances are saying to you, there's purpose for your life. Despite your past and your present, there's purpose for your future. Amen. Uh, If you have your Bibles, go with me this morning to Luke chapter 8. I'm going to be reading out the New Living Translation, but follow me in whatever uh, translation you uh, have chosen. God's Spirit has led you to study His Word from. And uh, we're going to begin in Luke chapter 8. We're going to read verse 26 and 27. Verse 26 and 27. Uh, and then we're going to move to uh, verse 33 and read 33 through 39. Uh, so chapter 8, verses 26 and 27, then verses 33 uh, through 39. If you have an iPad or iPhone, you can uh, pull up version. follow me on that. Uh, but uh, we're going to get right into the Word of God. I want to preach to you on uh, this thought this morning, on this uh, particular uh, message, seeing beyond where you are at. Seeing beyond where you are at. So keep that uh, as the purpose of this message this morning as God speaks into your life through this vessel of clay. Uh, understand that God is trying to get us to see beyond where we are at this morning. Uh, amen. Verse 26, so they arrived in the region of the Gerasenes, across the lake from Galilee. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time he had been homeless and naked, living in a cemetery outside the town. Verse 33, Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd plunged down the steep hillside and into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw it, they fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been freed from the demons. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane. And they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed. And all the people in the region of the Gerasenes begged Jesus to go away and leave them alone. For a great wave of fear swept over them. So Jesus returned to the boat and left, crossing back to the other side of the lake. The man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him home saying, No, go back to your family and tell them everything God has done for you. So he went through the whole town, through the entire town, through that region, proclaiming the great things Jesus had done for him. Can you say amen to the reading of God's word this morning? That's right. Just give him praise. He's worthy. 
Before we turn our attention fully to this man in Scriptures, uh, let us back up to the previous chapter just for a moment. In uh, Luke 8, 22 and 23, Luke 8, 22, 23, staying with that translation, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water, and they were in real danger. Jesus had been ministering on one side of the lake, and he decided, we're going to go to the other side of the lake. They get caught up in a vicious storm, and he's asleep, and the disciples are panicking. The water is coming over into the boat, and it's filling up, and the, wa- the boat is beginning to sink, and, and they're panicking. They, they believe they're going to drown, and they're in great danger. I mean, uh, lightning shooting across the sky. The winds are blowing. The thunder's rolling. The waves are at a great height, and the boat just can't handle it. And they wake Jesus up, and, and they ask him this question, Don't you care that we're about to drown? You know, that's a trick of the enemy that he tries to get us to think that Jesus don't care about us. Uh, but Jesus immediately wakes up, he calms the sea, and uh, he asks him, he said, why are you so afraid? You know, can't you believe? Uh, but anyways, then they arrive here, we're in the cemetery, to where this demon-possessed man is. And, and Jesus heals him and frees him, and, and these demons are given permission to enter these pigs, these hogs, and they run down they, and they drown themselves in the sea. And uh, we, we picked up the rest of the story here uh, in verse 33, and we see where uh, the man is fully clothed. I mean, if you read it and follow it, uh, also this story can be found in the book of Matthew and then also uh, in the book of Mark. I believe it's chapter 5 in Mark, and it may be chapter 8 in Matthew. Uh, but you find that, I mean, this guy was in bad shape. I mean, he was cutting himself and uh, running naked. They would try to chain him down and bind him, but they couldn't. He would break loose. and He just ran through, you know, the cemeteries and just being tormented himself and tormenting others and just uh, just violent. And uh, uh, the Bible says in one uh, translation of the gospel, it says that no man could tame him. No man could uh, help him, you know. There, there, there wasn't any counselors, there wasn't any psychologists, uh, there wasn't any medicines, uh, there wasn't any physicians, uh, there wasn't anything that could help this man. And there he was, naked, and, and in that cemetery, all alone, all by himself. Just one man. Just one man. But notice Jesus saw beyond where he was at, and saw an individual who could not see beyond where he was at. He's on one side of this lake, yet in the spiritual realm, in being sensitive and aware of the voice of his Father, he realizes, I must see beyond where I'm at. Man, I've got a good ministry, I've got a good thing going on right here. But he's willing to pass through a violent storm in seeing one man, one individual. That's the only thing he does. If you read, he, he goes across this sea. He passes through this storm. He's in danger. His disciples are in danger. And he passes through this storm to rescue this one individual who cannot see beyond where he is at. And then he gets in the boat and goes back. He went through that storm. He took all of this time, made all of this effort to get to one individual, one man, took care of him, 
got back in the boat after he had rescued him and went back to the other side of the lake to continue his ministry there. In that point, I want you to recognize that Jesus thinks you're worth coming after this morning. Jesus believes that you're worth coming after this morning. I don't know where you're at. I don't know the things that your life is involved in. I don't know all the circumstances and the situations. I don't know maybe the dark cloud that's been hanging over you. Or maybe you're on the mountaintop right now. Maybe everything is just hunky-dory. And your life is just picture-perfect and beautiful. But in an instant, things can change. But no matter where you find yourself in life, God will never lose sight of you. And Jesus will always be tracking you down. Amen. Now, as we turn our attention to this man which Jesus is rescuing this morning, uh, I want us just to try to forget that he's demon-possessed. That was his problem, okay? He was, he, he was, he was possessed, the Bible says, by legions. I believe in that day and time a legion was made up of two to three thousand. And, and the word is used plural there when, when you search it out through the scriptures, legions. I mean, this guy, oh, he was just, he was in bad shape. So I don't want you to just look, just try to block that out that he's demon possessed. I just want you to understand that he had a condition this morning. So I want you to be able to connect and relate to him. And I want you to see him as a problemed man, as a problemed individual. And I want you to understand that there's nobody in this building that even gets close to where this man was at this morning. None of you, I don't care where you've been, what you've done, I don't care how bad your situation, you're not even close to being where this guy was at. As a matter of fact, I would dare say this morning that there isn't an individual in this house that even has known anybody or even read about anybody that was in any any worse shape than this guy was. I mean, it was bad. It was bad. So I want you to connect with him this morning as an individual that was in a bad situation. And try to relate that as God continues to speak into our lives this morning with where you might be. Where you might be coming from. What you might be headed to. God is trying to get us to look beyond where we are at this morning. In verse 27, verse 21, verse 27 of our text tells us that he has been living in a cemetery for a long time. It it doesn't give a length of time, but it says a long time. And the Bible doesn't stretch things out. If the Bible says that the man was there a long time, he was there a long time. You know, some of us like to fish, right Sam? And, and sometimes our fish stories can, I mean, they can really get out here. You know, I mean, we catch a little fish about like that, and by the time we've told that story for the twelfth time, I mean, that fish is that big. Uh, so, but understand, the Bible doesn't have any fishy stories. This man had been in this cemetery absolutely a long time. 
I guess we could sum his life up as that of the living dead. I mean, he was living, but it was among the dead. So, this poor soul cannot be, he, he just can't get beyond the cemetery. No matter how desperate, no matter how hard, no matter how much effort he puts, he cannot get beyond the cemetery. He cannot see beyond the cemetery. And so it is, the greatest deception of this world and our enemy is to hold us captive in this physical realm. We ultimately get caught in the web of death to where we cannot see beyond a cemetery full of tombstones, one of them bearing our name. Here lies Stephen Anthony Gow. Born June 9, 1959, died. And that's the physical realm that this world tries to hold us to. <clears throat> the world says, don't look beyond this point. Don't see beyond this point. And if we buy in to that, if we buy into that concept, if we buy into that philosophy, then what difference does it make what we do as the living dead? If we believe that lie, if we allow ourselves to be deceived, then what difference does it make what we do in here in this life as the living dead? When we become a prisoner in this world cemetery, we live only for the moment. And never look beyond that moment. And we entangle ourselves within its tombs of addictions and pleasures and fame and wealth and lies and sin, which holds us firmly in its grasp. But your hope is when the realization of Jesus Christ walks into your cemetery. And at that point, it doesn't matter how long you've been there. And it doesn't matter how long you've been doing what you've been doing. What matters at that moment is will you see beyond where you're at. When God begins to manifest Himself in the presence of His Word like He is doing right now, what ma it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter how long you've been there. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing what you've been doing, how long you've been thinking the way you've been thinking. That is absolutely irrelevant at this time. What matters is will you see beyond where you're at I assure you, I promise you, the definition of your life will not be summed up on a tombstone. It will not be summed up on a grave marker in some cemetery. No matter how great you live your life, no matter how bad you live your life, no matter how free you live your life, or no matter how in bondage you live your life, No matter how high 
you become or how low you sink. The definition of your life will never be able to be summed up on a tombstone in some cemetery. Notice the man's clothing or lack of it. The scriptures declare that he was naked. The world has a way of clothing us to reflect an identity. The world tries to put a dress attire on us that creates a certain identity, like the priest, the priest, the pope, a policeman, a fireman, military, a doctor, a nurse. Royalty, poor, an athlete, a judge, prep, gothic, punk, jock, gangster, a prostitute, a waiter, a bellhop, a clown. The list goes on and on and on. However, the world's dress code fails to reflect beyond the physical realm of realities. It's got a flaw. It's weak. It comes up way short. The crowd of people gather around Jesus to see this man, which moments ago was naked, and now he's clothed. Jesus has given him a change of garment that reflects where he is at with him. The people see him at the feet of Jesus. God has the power to transform, to change your identity beyond where you are at this morning. When your heavenly Father walks into His walk-in closet to pick you out an outfit to put on, it's absolutely going to reflect where you're going and not where you're at. You see, like Adam and Eve, we may feel spiritually naked this morning. But God is looking to redress us in a garment of righteousness, joy, love, peace, and forgiveness, which reveals an identity beyond the physical realm of this world. In the book of Exodus, Moses goes up a mountaintop. And when he comes back off that mountaintop, comes back down to the children of Israel, he's wearing something that says, I've been in the presence of the Lord. I mean, this guy was shining. He was glowing from just being in God's presence. I want to tell you what, some of you look better now than what you look like when you came in here. I want to tell you what, some of you look better already than what you look like when I first started this sermon. Why? That's the power of God's Word. It begins to encourage you. It begins to strengthen you. It begins to lift you up. It begins to wash you and forgive you and to love you. That's the power of God's Word. It's living. I mean, the Word of God is alive. It's active. It's powerful. God's Word hasn't lost its power. The Word of God is healing and health. To all of our flesh. It's a lamp and a light to our feet and to our path. Forever God's words is settled in the heavens. 
It will not return void. God is going to fulfill the purpose of His Word in this place this morning. It's not coming back void. Somebody give Him praise in this house this morning. If you haven't figured out you're in the right place this morning, God has you in the right place. Look at your neighbor and say, you're in the right place today. In Acts 4 and 13, Acts 4 and 13, the Amplified Translation here, I like the way the Amplified Translation reads this. Acts 4 and 13. Now, when they saw the boldness and unfettered eloquence of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and untrained in schools, meaning common men with no educational advantages, they marveled. They marveled. I mean, that, that's, that's like somebody, one of us, walking into the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court marveling at us. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. They were wearing something. They had a garment of righteousness, a garment of peace, a, a garment of wisdom, a garment of love, a garment of joy. A garment of strength on. They had been with Jesus. Peter and John were clothed in a in a, an attire that glistened beyond the world's identity and where they were at, and into the spiritual identity of where they had been with Jesus. In Luke 15, the prodigal son came back home. And the father put a ring on his finger. You can read about that story. I'm not going to take the time to read it. But in Luke chapter 15, there's a prodigal son. He, he, he strays. He goes away. But he comes back home. And when he does, the father immediately runs out to meet him. He, he's just come back. He's went off to a foreign country. He's, he's been away for a long time. He took his journey. But he came to his senses out there. And he came back to his father's house. And... The father, while he's coming back, he's, he, he, he was feeding pigs. He was living in Hogsville. Feeding pigs. And when he comes back, his father runs out to meet him. He meets him. He's, he's coming back. He's, he's squandered all of his inheritances away. He doesn't have a cent left to his name. He's completely broken. Completely poor. Absolutely at his lowest point. I can just see him. He's probably just dressed in rags, just weary. And he comes up, and his father sees him. The Bible says why he's a long way off. And the father runs to him. Isn't that just like our Heavenly Father? He just, you know, if we just turn and look at him, and he's running after us. And he puts a ring on his finger. And he puts sandals on his feet. And he puts the finest robe in the house on him. Now, let me remind you, just moments ago, remember, he was in Pigsville. Feeding the pigs. When he got home and his father began to dress him, he still had the smell of where he had been on him. He still smelled like pigs. He still smelled like the world. He still stunk of sin. 
It didn't say that he took a bath. It didn't say that they went out and washed him. It didn't say that he cleaned up. Immediately, the father embraced him and says, put a ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet and get the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Now, his smell said one thing. But his clothes told the story of where he was going. He was on his way to a park day. Yes, he was. Yeah, they was about to kill some beef, and they were about to have a good old time. Mm-hmm. Anybody like to party in the house? All right, a few of you. I mean, they were fixing to just have some fun. So his smell said one thing. But his dress attire said another. What well, his dress attire was looking beyond where he was at and where he was going. This man in our text that we read about this morning, he had been living with the dead. I mean, with just tombs. I mean, there was an odor in that cemetery. And the odor of death was all over him. But clothed and setting at the feet of Jesus, he was just shining like the sun. It can be a difficult thing to see beyond the nasty aroma given off from our past. The honest truth is that it stinks in here this morning. I mean, that's just the truth. It stinks in here this morning. Because a lot of us, most of us, still have the smell of where we've been on us. I mean, we've dealt with some stuff. We've dealt with some junk. We've dealt with a mess. And the smell of our past, of where we've been, is still on us. But, you ever see those t-shirts? It's got the little fingers on them, you know, pointing, says, I'm with him. And the other one says, I'm with her. Well, God has clothed us this morning in his righteousness, in his truth. And though we may have the smell of where we've been on us, Our clothing is saying, I'm with him. And God's saying, she's with me. He's with me. They're with me. So, what God has put on us looks beyond the point of where we're at. And declares where we're going. Because he is going to present us before the Father... Without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, in all of His splendor, in all of His glory, in all of His righteousness, in all of His wonderful beauty. Somebody must give Him praise in this house today. Our smell says one thing. You ever heard, oh man, that person's got a stinking attitude. 
your attitude of where you've been is saying one thing. But oh my goodness, because of the love and the grace and the mercy. I love that part of the song they sang this morning. There's enough mercy. God has enough mercy for all. All of my mistakes. When Jesus died, He died for every sin that I've committed. He died for every sin that I'm committing right now. And I can't think of any right now. And He died for every sin that I will ever commit. He'll never have to go back to... They'll never crucify Him again. Once was enough. Once was enough. The blood has not lost its power. I want to tell you what God has clothed you. I don't care what your smell is saying about you today. You need to look beyond that because the garment that God has put on you is saying something else. It's saying, I'm with Him. Somebody praise Him in this house today. Not only was this man's garment changed, but his mind was changed. said he was perfectly Sane. He was healed. His mind was healed. The Scriptures tell us that the crowd of people saw him sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane. It was, he was in a right mind. He was in a sound mind. Jesus, the Word of God, has the power to renew our minds if we'll hang out with it. If you don't know where your Bibles are at today, you probably haven't been hanging out with the Word. If you've got to go home, get it off the shelf, and get all the dust off of it, you probably haven't been hanging out with the Word. If you've got a smartphone, a tablet, you haven't got a good Bible version loaded on that thing, you probably haven't been hanging out with the Word. If you'll hang out with the Word, it'll do the work. It'll, I guarantee you, it'll do the work. You just got to hang out with it. And this guy began to hang out with Jesus while he was hanging out all of a sudden. He was in his right mind. He was in his right mind. Um, This man's thoughts, his words, his choices, his dreams are now seeing beyond where he's at. I mean, he's been in a cemetery, naked, homeless, cutting himself, torturing himself, striking fear in all the people around him, running around a cemetery... With a bunch of dead people. And he's hung out with Jesus for a few minutes. And all of a sudden now, his mind is seeing beyond the point he's at. He's still in the cemetery. Oh man, I didn't realize it. All I've got on my mind is Jesus. The living word. He's hanging out with Jesus and boom. Remember, you're not nowhere near. Your condition, your situation, your circumstance is nowhere near what this man was. God's Word has the power to absolutely transform your speech, your thoughts, your choices, and your dreams. To see beyond the point that you're at. This book will take your spiritual intellect beyond the lies and the deception of your cemetery, my friend. Remember, it was when the prodigal son, when you read that story in verse 17, Luke 15 and 17, it was when he came to his right mind, when he came to his senses, 
that he saw beyond where he was at. When he came to... All of a sudden that seed that had been sown into him at home, all of a sudden, boom. It began to change him. He began to reflect. It began to renew his mind. He said, wait a minute. He said, here I am, starving to death, feeding pigs. Nobody's giving me anything. Nobody's feeling sorry for me. Not even a bite of food. Not even a penny. I'm dying. He said, I'm starving. I'm dying. I'm in a place of lack. And there are servants in my father's house that have more than enough. More than enough. It was what what was happening. He's in the pig pen, but he's seeing beyond where he's at. He said, I'm going back. I'm going back. I cannot. What happened? The Word began to renew his mind that had been instilled in him since a child by his father. You read that story. You find out what kind of man his father was. He was a loving, compassionate, caring man. And he proves it. Not only to his youngest son, but he proves it to his oldest son. He tells his oldest son, he said, son, everything I have is yours. could have had any of it at any time you wanted it. It was there for the taking. Isn't that just like God? He just opens up the windows of heaven. He says, come on in. Here it is. It was when he came to his right mind that he was able to see beyond where he was at. He was able to see beyond the lies, beyond the deception. What, what is it? It's hanging out with the Word. That Word is truth. And the truth sets you free. It's the truth that sets you free. See, if you're not in that Word, if you're not hanging out with that Word, then you don't fully know what truth is. And so when the enemy comes by trying to plant his thoughts... Our mind is the battlefield. And when, when, when he comes along trying to plant his thoughts and his lies and his deception, we buy into it and we believe it. Because we are not acquainted. We are not one with the truth. So we don't know not to believe it and we get deceived into believing his lies. And then we get to live in, in deception and we're caught in a cemetery. But if we'll hang out with the word, It will renew our minds to see beyond where we're at this morning. Somebody give him praise in the house. I want to close with the last point here. And I'm amazed at what happens next in this story. I I truly am. And I I shared this uh, in the past, but... uh, just want to reflect just, just on the first part of this point. Uh, but the people of this community are not able to see beyond their loss. All they can see is we, we've lost a whole herd of pigs. And a lot of times that's us. We can't see beyond what we're about to lose. And we, we count it a loss when it's really a blessing. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Sometimes your greatest curse can be your greatest blessing. While what you deem is your greatest blessing is your greatest curse. They, a whole community of people, 
could not see beyond their loss. They could not see this man and, and what had transpired in his life. I mean, no doubt, probably several of them there had been scared by him and tormented by him as he ran, you know, like a wild man, naked through the tombs. No doubt some of them, as uh, you read in other translations and in other uh, Gospels, that they, they, they may have been the part or ones that actually had handcuffed this guy at times, chained him at times, and saw him literally just shatter those chains apart like dust. And they couldn't see this man that moments ago was naked, clothed, now in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. There's probably no telling how long it had been since he was able to sit and relax. But they could not see beyond their loss. And a lot of us today, we can't see beyond our loss. And what did they do? Because they couldn't. They begged Jesus to leave. I mean, that would be like us all of a sudden. Okay, church, this is just going to cost us too much. There's too much of a loss here. Too much of a loss. Everybody says it ain't any fun being a Christian. Too much of a loss. Let's ask Jesus to leave this auditorium this morning. Let's, let's ask Him to leave. That's what they did. They, they not only asked, they begged. They could not see past their loss. They asked Him to leave. So Jesus... Hey, when they asked him to leave our public schools, he left. So Jesus gets into the boat to leave. And this man which Jesus has healed wants to go with Jesus. Kind of reminds me of myself. I believe that most of us would just love for Jesus just to take us all home right now. Because we just want to stay at his feet. But Jesus, and that's selfish. That's selfish. So Jesus helps this man see beyond himself. And he says to him, go and tell others what God has done for you. Understand now, he's homeless. He's been living naked and dwelling in a cemetery under the control of the enemy for a long time. But Jesus just takes the complication out of the equation and simplifies his life to one simple act. Just go and tell everything God has done for you. So the man sees beyond himself and he goes through the whole town telling what God did for him. It's simple this morning. Go and tell what God has done for you. Go tell people what he done for you this morning in this service. Go tell him the love you experience. 
the acceptance you experience, the truth that you experienced, the change that took place in your life. I mean, you can tell it in a song. You can tell it in music. Tell it on Facebook. Tell it in a CD or DVD. Tell it with an email. Tell it with a sermon. Skype it. Tell it on the phone. Tell it in a church testimony. Tell it in a letter. Tell it in art. Tell it in TV. Tell it in radio. Tell it in drama. Tell it in dance. Or any other method you can think of. I believe there's some people in here that can write a book. Tell him. Just simply tell him. Of what God is. They overcame him. Who? Him. The accuser. The devil. Satan. They overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony. He made it simple. Go tell. Go tell. Everything that God has done for you.